Hello guys and gals and welcome to the episode for January 2018. Depending on the posting date, you might wonder if it really is the January episode, and it is. I explain in the Oyo Boyo section. But uh, yeah, I think we got a pretty interesting show this month considering the scripts and the topics reflect on December. Uh, so if it feels a little late, um, you know, depending on when you're listening and the posting date. Um, but that's why I try to pick evergreen topics because, you know, they're always green. You can talk about them whenever. So uh, for our profile this month, we have my mother, Juanita Solis. And uh, just for context on that, we were driving at the time. And so I apologize and ask you to forgive the Google directions and the car talk. Like sometimes we're driving and I'm telling her like, oh, turn left or turn right. And it breaks the interview. But it's also like one of the few times that I could get her because... uh, I don't see my mom too often. Well, I see her often, you know. I'm not going to fucking make it seem like I see her, like, you know, once a year or something. But anyway, uh, the video game topic for the month is about how gaming and media consumption can turn into work and actually become less fun because we're trying to consume it all. Uh, And the social topic is about Santa Claus. And I'm not saying yes or no, but maybe he'll come out on the show. Holy shit, that rhymed. <laughs> but uh, just putting that out there in case you want to hear Santa talk about Christmas. Uh, but also, don't let your kids or young relatives listen to it because let's just say it's got a pretty shady uh, perspective about Santa Claus. Um, and then at that point, after the social talk, if you're ready to tune out, that's your episode for the month. But if you stick around, then I enter my audio diary for the month and talk about why this episode was delayed. Um, and it's it's crazy. I mean, it, it's not crazy, right? It's pretty average stuff. It's just that when you're the only person running a podcast, and it's literally like, since I'm the only one, when I get sick or something bad happens, the podcast suffers because I'm the only one. It's not like I have an assistant or a partner that I can be like, okay, you got to take over while I'm out. And it's like, no, nothing happens when I'm not doing anything. But overall, fun stuff all around. So I hope you enjoy the show. And uh, we will kick it off proper with the profile starting now. Welcome to Introspective Gamer, and this is profile number two. And today I am with, what's your name? Mom. Okay, well her name is Juanita Solis, uh, but yes, it's my mother. A.K.A. Mom. And right now we're driving in the car, so if you hear any background noise, honking sirens, any of that great windy stuff, that's what it is. Me breaking the law. Um... But yeah, and uh, so I guess to start off with, uh, it's something I learned with Dad, because uh, I, I wasn't sure how to start these interviews, but um, I'll start off with an icebreaker question of, well, what have you been up to lately in your life? Missing your father! <laughs> <laughs> and don't take that off! <laughs> I won't. If, if it's in the show, it's in the show. Um, um, no, no, I've been working, keeping my so busy well I keep it busy for some reason I'm always busy but going to church uh, close that I'll turn the AC on because I think that okay and uh, go ahead and turn right, right. now we're here cuz uh, we're gonna go see your house oh is okay. that okay that's fine but it's like let's keep this about you oh <laughs> but you gotta turn right soon okay another thing folks yeah my mom wants to see my house we don't worry, that, that'll be covered later. You can delete that if you want. I think you don't want anybody <laughs> knowing that. <laughs> I don't care. Okay. But, um, so yeah, you're going to turn right soon. Okay, okay, so you... Where do you work, I guess? Uh, Robert B. Green, Urgent Care. Now, what very, very busy. Let's see patients. Uh, what they, are you? Because right now I think people might think you're a doctor with the whole patient. No. no. I see patients. I'm a uh, uh, janitor. I see them walking across the... I'm <laughs> uh, nurse practitioner. I see patients. And uh, what did you want to be when you were a kid? An astronaut. Really? Uh-huh. I thought... I, I always wanted to be an astronaut. That's why my... Uh, I love Star Wars, Star Trek, all that stuff. You love sci-fi because... Sci-fi, oh yeah. And I thought... I always wanted to be an astronaut. That well, was my what about thing. that paper you wrote for college that I found where you took care of your, your dog, chocolate, or... Uh, what was your dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Teddy right. Bear! Teddy Bear. Chocolate. Okay. Well, that's what I probably, uh, that's what makes me look back that maybe that wasn't, that was something I'd like to do. Yeah. But 
No, before then, I wanted to be an astronaut. Oh. That was the coolest thing. That was when it was happening when I was little. And, uh, and how old were you, or when was this happening? I think I was maybe eight. How old are you now? 52. 52. Yep. So when... Okay, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I was going to say, I'm not going to get into <laughs> when the hell they landed on the moon and things like 65. that. 65. Neil really? Armstrong, yes. I think it was born? 65 or 68. One of those. And when between. were you born? 65. But I was little. We was in TV. I know I was little. I guess, yeah. Six or a, seven, you know. Yeah. That must have been a big deal for a while. Because I'm like, yeah, but you were a kid. How I would you know? I even vaguely remember seeing maybe one interview from uh, the Vietnam War. Or that was when it was finishing also. Damn. Time's crazy, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, that stuff, you take Vietnam War, people probably put that in the same league as, like, World War Two or something. Like, people just don't think that that stuff was recent, but it's pretty recent. Mm-hmm. The Cold War, when I was born, 1990, mm-hmm. I mean, that ended then, but it was going on, you know, 85 to yeah. 90, like... People but, were landing <laughs> on the moon when I was born around that time. But, um, so... Now that the icebreaker's over, let's get to the nitty-gritty. You mm-hmm. have two questions to answer mainly for this interview. All right. Um, I don't have my script in front of me because I'm using a new app to download, to record audio, so I can't check the questions, but I'm pretty sure the first question is, what's an aspect of your life that you are most comfortable with or do you think uh, you're happiest with? Like, you know, if you're, like, proud of yourself or something or if you think you've done a good job with... A certain goal in your life that you accomplished. What are you happiest and most comfortable with in your life right now? I guess I'm not there yet where I'm happiest, most comfortable. I'm comfortable though that I'm heading in a good direction. But right now, good direction for me uh, is maybe uh, seeing my kids doing a lot of good things for themselves, you know. Hopefully, helping them the best they can. Going back to church, uh, advancing with work. Even though I know I graduated, I'm always reading, and I I want to really focus on that again. I start focusing. So, and then going back to church, plan baptizing, uh, and uh, really the see what this year brings us. But yeah, I'm, so there's my no- grandkids, of course, are big, big. That's like my, my number one. My grandkids. I enjoy them. It is the wrong street. Did I turn on the no, wrong no, street? No, no, this is the right street. Oh, okay. Actually, no, I think you did. Okay. Um, you just gotta turn left. Get back on that on that street. Yeah, we know Google, <laughs> but um. Well, I guess yeah. I guess that's a good answer. I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, I'm still filling out this interview and stuff like that. Not mm-hmm. this interview, but the questions themselves. And I never wanna. I never want to guide people of like, well, that's not something, you know what I mean? Like, so right now, uh, it's pretty interesting because I, I just figured there's something like, even if it's something as silly as I make the best caldo that is ever, or I am the only one that can speak seven languages, you know, it's just something that you're like real happy or proud of in your life. You don't have anything like that, I guess. Again, your answer's fine. You don't have to elaborate. I'm just trying to dig to see if you have something else there maybe you're not thinking of you know um no I'm, I'm very i'm very content very happy right now where life is i mean it's been a rough road getting here regardless you know would i maybe like some things to be different yes but i'm making the best of what they are and i'm actually pretty pleased about it okay well, then this leads me to my second question and for those that don't know uh, my wife, my wife. Yeah, well, Erica has said on multiple occasions that you would be a good book if you wrote your life out, because she finds your life fascinating. Um, so maybe there's a whole episode dedicated to you in the future. But for now, let's go to the second question, which is the inverse. Uh, is there anything in your life that you're not happy with or that you're disappointed with or even if it's just a regret in the past that maybe you wish you did something different or you wish something turned out better like maybe you made an investment or something in your life that's like man I wish that was different or whatever I wish I guess I'm I'm kind of going off on your question I always tell people I answer this to people and I guess it's not a regret but one thing I do always tell people because it 
they're like, uh, what would have you like? I mean, uh, did you want to be a nurse practitioner? They'll ask me questions like that. Or, But in reality, I always tell people the biggest thing I would have loved to do, I would have loved to have been a stay-at-home mom. I never wanted to work. I really enjoyed staying home or being with the kids. Uh, but, you know, necessity brings you a different direction. But that would have been, uh, that's one thing I regret. I regret not being at home more. I regret not taking my, not sticking to church. But like I was explaining to somebody recently, I go, I gave up going to church and taking them to church because I prefer, it was very, because I work so much, it was hard for me to spend time with them. And two or three hours was a lot to me. So I gave up the church. I gave up church so I could spend time with them. Maybe doing things on Sundays, the few times I was off, rather than going to church. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that was my biggest, one of my biggest regrets would be those two things, you know. Uh, I was curious, why do you, why did you want to, oh, go ahead and go straight, you're going to turn uh, right on Santa Rosa. Hope we get, we make it, Johnny. <laughs> My battery's about to die. Um, I was oh. say, why did you, why did you want to be a stay-at-home mom? Like, is that just a cultural thing at that time, that that's kind of what people I thought really you were enjoyed, supposed to do? I really enjoyed it. I really think I could have, you know, I, I, I just enjoyed it. I, used to I like could it. have enjoyed doing nothing either. <laughs> just kidding. Stay at home, mom. Do not do nothing. <laughs> I know. I'm just joking. It's just compared to what you, uh, like how you. It wasn't so the hard, concept but. of staying at home because I still didn't like cooking and all of that. I probably would have still raised y'all up the same way and sandwiches, hot dogs, and pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it just, to me, it was I don't know. It was just uh, I think it took work took away. From having to pick you up, drop you off, rushing, getting the food ready, uh, getting out of bed. I mean, that's one of the reasons. People don't know that it wasn't a reckless mom intentionally, but I know it was reckless. The reason I would let you all stay What do you up. mean reckless? I'm when I would, I remember doing this, starting to do this when Candy and your brothers were small. Is I used, I hated having to work. When I started working eight to five, I used to miss your brother and sister so much that The only way I started having time with them was letting them stay up to midnight. So you would keep us uh I wouldn't keep them awake. Y'all would stay awake anyway. They would stay awake anyway on their own. <laughs> But I wouldn't put them to bed because I go, you know what? I'll spend more time. And, you know, even when they started going to school, it was extra time for me to be with them and vice versa. But after a while, I mean, I, I, after a while, they got used to it. So it was more, more like, okay, as long as you wake up, You don't have to go to sleep and wake up not crying, not, you know, do good in school. You can stay up late. As, as, as reckless as it sounded, it still afforded me time with them because I I had to work. Yeah. But. That's interesting. <laughs> and uh, what was the second regret? The first one was staying Oh, home. going to church. Oh, going to church. Um, not necessarily because I wanted you to grow up Mormons, but because I wanted you to have a bigger belief in... A foundation of something of bigger than yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, uh, it, the standards. This, I'm not saying you all have bad standards, but, you know, being good human beings, you have to have limits and boundaries and rules, I think. And... You know, the best way to do it is just learn them somewhere, you know, better church, just like we do it in school, you know, you learn to, you know, be smarter by going to school doesn't mean you're going to be a perfect person, but I'd rather that and then just stay at home and learn nothing. Yeah. You know, same thing with church. I don't think it, I think it would have been a plus, a plus, but it was still hard because, you know, even then, uh, The, even going to church was tough on y'all sometimes, you know, I remember. Mm -hmm. But it was, uh, it would have been a good thing, you know, I yeah. think. No, but, I see that, like, I mean, we don't go to church, but, but, like, but like, I'm going to speak for myself, I can't speak for my siblings, but, like, I still believe in God, I just don't believe in the church, if that makes sense. Not even just No, the, that the, makes perfect the, sense, like, you know, that makes perfect sense, and, like, I, I, I was, uh, And I was going to say something in addition. Oh, yeah. No, I forgot. Can you pause this while I think about it? <laughs> I forgot what I was going to make a point. I'm not a point, but I was going to say uh, something about that. But, yeah, uh, that would be, have been a good thing for, I think. It wouldn't have been a bad, it would have been a good thing in y'all's favor. But I think y'all did good in spite of it. You know, you're very strong individuals. All of y'all have 
very good qualities but it would be nicer to edge them towards other things and be stronger with with your qualities make them work for the good oh you're gonna go straight I go well so we can go ahead and focus on driving and we're almost at our destination I'm gonna go ahead and close this interview out and uh, another XLR a gray one mine's nice <laughs> yeah, the, the black one's nice. Um, but anyway, thank you, Mom, for taking the time to do this interview, even though it doesn't seem like you made much time since we're in the car. You, you been, it's not you that. You couldn't be bothered to like, find a spot to stop. Or, <laughs> thanks for making me number one priority today. Oh, ah. my gosh. You could have been, did I go straight? Uh, yeah. I didn't do it in that sense. <laughs> no, I, know. I just know I'm that just you joking. took 10 minutes with your dad and spent about 10 minutes with us. Uh, 13, actually. But, See, I already um, hugged up all the time more than your dad. <laughs> well, all right. Well, thank you for joining me. And remember to uh, like, subscribe, and share these podcasts. And, and remember to say your prayers. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's good advice. All right. Thank you, Mom, for your Oh, time. yeah. That's what I was going to say. Oh, Wait. Okay, I'm not done ahead. yet. <laughs> Finish this last thought. I tell people, because people look at me and like, why are you going back to church? I go, if you all remember... I never really was never my intention to stop going to church. I mean, I've, it's always been my beliefs. My beliefs have always been upheld to a lot of extent. I just didn't go to church. So I think our beliefs, I'm hoping, you know, we still practice them. You know, I still didn't promote a lot of things, you know, in our lives. And I'm glad that y'all still turned out to be good kids. But it's always been in me. It's never, it wasn't a thing I've, I got rid of. I just put it aside for a while. So it's just still me. Always was me, but hopefully I'll do a good job this time because I sure didn't before. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Mom, for taking the time. And uh, I guess I will see you when I see you, audience. And I will see my mom right now. Right, you're out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> What's going on, everyone, and welcome to Bleeps and Bloops, the video game portion of the podcast. That's not the title. I'm going to make these titles up every month, so they'll always be fresh. But this month's topic is basically how gaming is like a second job, you know? It's work. <laughs> but not really. I'm fucking around. And I really, I, really, I really mean this in the most sarcastic way possible. And this isn't strictly about video games, but media consumption in general. But for me personally, there's just too many damn games to play. You know what I mean? Well, now you're about to. Hold on. <laughs> um, but basically, besides all the most popular games that have been released on all the systems this year, I can barely keep up with my current backlog, which is mostly on Switch. Like, uh, I need to return to Zelda because they released some DLC that dropped this past month in December. And uh, I haven't gotten around to that. I'm playing through this game called Cat Quest, where you're a cat trying to defeat an evil cat, and there's all these cat puns, and they say meowtastic and bullshit like that. Uh, I also bought another game called Steamworld Dig 2 that I just have sitting for me once I'm done with Cat Quest, and I've been chipping away at various other games, like on my Xbox One, I've been playing this game called ReCore, and on the 3DS, I haven't decided if I'm going to finish, but I still want to keep playing Yokai Watch, and again... Uh, that's just what I'm playing now. At the end of January, a game called Monster Hunter is going to come out for the Xbox One, and I've played the past installments of that game, and I've put in about four to 500 hours into all three games, collectively, like 150 per game. I'm not, like, putting 400 hours each, which, again, to people who don't play games, is like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> get a life, dude. But, so anyway, I'm looking forward to these games, but, like, as you can tell, I'm just kind of chipping away at multiple pieces, and it's because I want to keep up with my interests. But something that um, I find interesting is this sense of duty in consuming this content. And I think there's an interesting topic in why I use the word consume when I talk about content, but we'll talk about that later. But uh, besides video games, I'm also an avid Netflixer, and like everybody, basically, and between working, family, and hobbies, there just isn't enough time in the day to do everything I want. But uh, I, I ask myself often, like, why do I do this to myself? And more specifically, why do we do this to ourselves? Like, isn't this shit supposed to be fun and, like, entertaining? But I don't see how it's entertaining when it feels like work. But, again, I don't know everyone else's habits, so I'm just going to speak for myself. And for me personally... Um, 
in the gaming community, at the end of the year, a lot of video game websites and podcasts, they basically post their game of the year awards or their year end awards. And so it's basically like, this is the game of the year of 2017. This is the best action game, best platformer, best music game, best mobile game or whatever, best story, all this stuff. Um, but because they are like basically the leaders, they're not the leaders. Ugh. This is a different topic, but they're the people who kind of have the final say-so on what culture is in video games, whether they realize it or not. Um, a lot of the consumers also um, want to be a part of the conversation, so that when they post their uh, their show, their episode, or their article saying this is the best game of the year, they can say I played it and it wasn't that great. Like consumers can take part in the conversation by writing in to the podcast or in the comments and basically discuss why it isn't or is best shooter and it's like well I guess nobody played this little game and so what ends up happening is we're all kind of like the consumers and the people who write the articles are all scrambling to play all of the quote-unquote uh, top games in each of the respective uh, award categories and it's just kind of crazy because then like in my case, I wanted to play some of these games, but then I'm also like, but I really want to play Cat Quest. Like nobody is talking about Cat Quest, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> I mean, it's a good game, but it isn't like Zelda or Horizon Zero Dawn or whatever other game that came out this year. There's too many. Um, and so it's just one of these weird like keeping up with the Joneses, but with popular opinion instead of a material object. And... I just find it funny because, so like, the reason I mention even the people who vote on these things get together is because they usually are an editorial team or a group of uh, website creator, content creators, and they will gather around a table and discuss, that's part of their content, is them discussing and hashing out what is game of the year. And again, like, the reason this stuff kind of goes over my head and why I kind of realize, like... I shouldn't put so much stock in it is because at the end of the day it's people's subjective opinions so like me I love action games I am not going to choose a Japanese RPG uh, Persona 5 as my game of the year ever because I'm just not into those kind of games and I'm into that story but when I was younger yeah I would play that and be like it's the best RPG of the year I better play it even though I would like, I was not having a good time. I was fucking done with this game. I was like, <clears throat> there must be something I'm not catching because it's the best JRPG of the year, you know, or the best RPG period of the year. And so, like, again, when you're young and your parents are buying this shit for you, it's no big deal. But as you get older, it's like I need to pick and choose what the fuck I'm buying because. I'm not going to waste my money and time. Like, what if I told somebody to play Monster Hunter and they didn't like it? And it's like, oh, you got to play it. I put 400 hours in. You know how that sounds? That sounds fucking insane. It's like, you want me to put in 100 hours into each of these games just to get, like, the base level enjoyment out of them? It's like, get the fuck out of here. I still need to watch, I don't know, Stranger Things 2. Like, it's this kind of stuff that, like, it, it doesn't really matter like whether we are up with the Joneses or not, but we've kind of allowed the content creators to say that it matters. So that when Stranger Things 2 comes out or a new game comes out, there's all these spoilers already. Fucking the people who review these things are spoiling the show before even fans do. And so we're like, oh, I need to hear what it is because otherwise I'm not going to... I don't want to be spoiled, you know? Which again... I know this is just me personally, whenever I hear about something like Game of Thrones or a video game like Doki Doki Literature Club, I will go to Wikipedia and read the plot and spoil everything for me. I spoiled Star Wars because I wanted to know why everyone was so divisive about it. And I mean, I'll probably see it sometime when it's on Netflix or if I ever go back to cable when it's just on TV. Um, but I'm never going to go out of my way to watch that movie, but that's because I'm not a fan of Star Wars. And so, all of this bullshit is to say that I think that this weird keeping up with the Joneses mentality and trying to consume as much content in as little time as possible, it hurts culture at large. And I mean larger culture, uh, not just pop culture. 
Um, because instead of taking the time to absorb and appreciate the content we view, we're left with trying to cram in everything. And so it's literally like trying to like, again, like I'm saying, eat something. It's basically like eating at a buffet, cramming your face, and then vomiting everything up. You did not appreciate anything that you just did. And you're done with it because you're not going to fucking eat your vomit again. <laughs> Sorry for the gross analogy. It's just that's exactly what I see it as. And if we can't, like, absorb something, like, um, me and my wife are watching Mindhunter on Netflix. If you can't sit through and not just, like, rush through that to try to avoid spoilers and really absorb what they're saying about the human psyche and behavioral science at large and even from a micro perspective of what this main character is going through while he's doing, interviewing these people, we're not able to, like, reflect on ourselves. Like I'm saying... This again, a totally separate topic, but media informs culture at large, not just pop culture. And some would even say pop culture and culture are one and the same, which I would agree with, but again, a different topic. But anyway, like at the end of the day, I mean, that's basically what I think basically is most important to take away from all of this about how I'm consuming, I'm trying to keep up with my own priorities instead of what everyone else's are, is that. I want to absorb the content in a way so that I have developed opinions about them so that when I talk to people, I keep the conversation open and I'm open to what people have to say so that we can like, you know, hey, I don't like that Japanese RPG game, but if I meet somebody who it's their, it is their game of the year, then me and them can have a conversation and I'll get what they're getting from it without necessarily having to invest the 100 hours into a JRPG. Um, again, I mean, I guess that's just the ringing, the through line of everything to me is just talking, conversation, human connections, which is why, you know, let's slow down on our content consumption and just take a little bite at a time. There's no rush. I mean, obviously we're, we might, we're not, we're going to die before we get to see and do everything we want. And I think part of enjoying things is accepting that and just, you know, take it one day at a time. And that's it for Bleeps and Bloops. I will leave you guys. Hey, John. What's the next segment? Well, thanks for asking, John. Because uh, I'm actually here with a very special guest. Uh, would you mind introducing yourself? Oh, 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 Merry Christmas. It's me, Santa Claus. And Christmas has come and gone. And I just want to tell you how great it went. I traveled all over the world and gave tons of gifts to rich children around the world and told poor kids and children in third world countries to go fuck themselves. Whoa, Santa, take it easy. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, I know Santa would never say that, but I also know something which makes Santa's admission even worse, guys and gals. He's a fake. Now, I know. Why you gotta get all mad over some fake character? He's for the kids, let them enjoy it, don't be a Scrooge. Well, let me tell you why I got beef, everybody. It all started with my Christmases. They were great. My parents, they weren't rich by any means, but for some reason, I would get, like, a lot of what I, I, I was a spoiled kid. Like, um, I don't know, I'm not even sure if I believed in Santa. I'm pretty sure I did, because all kids, you know, they just do. But... Even after I stopped believing, I would still get a lot of what was on my list. Like, I mean, think about that. Like, I know maybe other families still do that too, but middle and high schoolers, like me and my siblings, are still making Christmas lists. Like, if we're a little kid leaving cookies on the counter. Um, now, this tangent goes into, like, gross acts of materialism. The tangent about Santa and being fake and how he's the worst it kind of goes into acts of materialism and consumerist culture, but I'm not going to talk about that. What I just want to focus on is Santa, but let me go back to um, my Christmases as a kid. So I grew up in a middle but mostly lower class neighborhood. Um, I had a lot of friends um, at school. I, don't, I didn't really hang out with friends outside of school, but I think it's because of my gaming habit. But anyway, we would, um, my family and I would discuss our Christmas hauls as people do, and from time to time, oh no, hold on, I'm reading from a script, in case you can't tell, I was talking about me and my friends, but yeah, I would go to school, and we'd all talk about what we got for Christmas, and basically, it became apparent that, like, I would get more than my friends, or at least, like, 
like it was it was kind of obvious that my parents would give me more than my friends and so as time went on I started talking less and less about what I did or didn't have because then people um, they started uh, thinking I was like rich or whatever but I wasn't it doesn't matter but uh, we also had um, um, like me and my friends we also had younger siblings and uh, dumb adults that would treat us like we believed in Santa and so it's one of those things that as I was in school hearing this or seeing the difference in like the way our Christmases were played out I was I was thinking if my friends uh, don't get like everything they want or they can't afford to get what they want it's not like this Christmas only. It's probably been like their whole life. They've kind of had like a, you know, just an upbringing that was, it just, the Christmases weren't always great or they were fine enough or whatever. But uh, I was going to say, I think it's safe to say the society does a pretty good job of telling us that Santa is a thing that is real until society says, okay, enough of that little kid bullshit. You need to grow up. But let me fast forward to the crux of my problem with Santa. Um, he is the biggest lie we tell children, and he's supposed to represent good and happiness. But the problem with Santa as a lie is that he can only be real if adult humans work to create a consistent fiction. And we don't. Like, my definition of Santa is different than other people's and what, you know, the world tells their people. So now we've got parents lying to their kids and then kids finding out from friends that they can't trust their parents. You got kids who don't get shit for Christmas because of circumstance or because they have shitty people around them. And uh, don't, <laughs> I wrote this in the script. I go, don't get me started on human trafficking and prostituting children in third world countries um, because, um, you know, in other countries, there's a lot more serious fucking problems where we don't, they don't have time for the fantasy uh, and it's, I'm not talking about the overall countries. I'm just saying that in third world countries, since there's less regulation and stuff, more crime happens. And so the stats show that there are just more victimized children and people in general, not just children. So, like, children that are in shitty situations all around the world, even in the U.S., they don't have time for a Santa fantasy. Um, and so, again, I'm not going to get started on all that because then, again, we'd run down a different rabbit hole. Um but um, it's also strange, the Santa thing, because we're telling our children to str trust strangers who look like Santa because white beards mean trust. Like, it's one of those things. You've seen it all the time in movies, although it's less creepy, weird, egregious of like uh, the kids are walking through a store and they see a fat guy with a beard and they're like, look, mommy, it's Santa. And it's like, that's not Santa, honey. So you spent your whole fucking year telling them that Santa's a fat guy with a beard. And so now they see one. Yeah, they're going to point it out. And it's one of those things that if a fat guy with a beard was also a pedophile, he could take advantage of this information. And they probably do. Um, but anyway, like I'm saying, let, let's get out of this, this sad rabbit hole. Um, let me go back to the script. <laughs> and because Santa gets everyone gifts, uh, the implications when kids don't get gifts means that they're worthless because if they were bad they would at least get a lump of coal and they don't even get that so in their little heads they aren't even worth a lump of coal now this goes back to Santa on how he's supposed to be magical and give everyone gifts but the reality is not everyone can get gifts again through either through circumstance or maybe you're just like I'd rather buy me a TV and my family will just put up with it whatever kind of person you are whatever situation you're in I'm not here to judge I'm not here also to say that parents should uh, be getting their gifts everything getting their kids gifts or the parents should be like crushing their dreams of like Santa's fucking fake get over it What I'm saying is if you're gonna do Santa fucking do it in a realistic way so that the kids know that like Santa works or I, again. I'm not here to write fucking fiction for Santa What I'm here to basically say is that why I personally hate fucking Santa and I don't want my son uh, to believe in him but again, through osmosis, through like cultural osmosis, he goes to school. The kids are all talking about it. And this past Christmas was weird because I, I never tell him that Santa's real. I also, when he starts telling me about Santa, never say he's fake. But I always leave the door open. And if he ever asks, Dad, is Santa real? I will tell him no. 
because he obviously has gotten to the point of curiosity of, I've never fucking seen Santa, like ever. Oh, even at the mall, he's always different. And like the question, the fact that he's asking me is an open invitation to go ahead and let him know, hey, this shit's fake. But again, let me go back to the script. <laughs> now, again, this isn't everyone's reality. But that's the other side of the problem. People who don't experience a failed Santa have a misconception that no one else has failed Christmases. Kind of like people who don't believe in racism. If you don't experience it firsthand, it's hard to believe it's happening. And so, yeah, again, this is my problem. I thought everybody got made lists and that we all got what we wanted because our parents were like, you know, that's what parents worked for their whole year to get us a shitload of toys and stuff on Christmas. Like, again, as a kid, the economics of how the world works, it happens in a funnel, not just for kids or for me, but people just exist in cultural funnels where society, their group community and the society that they're surrounded by just paint their worldviews. And so I thought everybody had these things, which is why I would be like, yeah, I got this new video game or yeah, I got a motocross bike. But then I started realizing that people were like, they just didn't get those kind of things. And again, maybe they didn't want them. Maybe they were like, I wanted a new phone and I got a new phone, but that was it. And me, I would get a new game system and this and that and, you know, a couple of other things that I wanted. And so I was like, whoa, I got got a lot of stuff, but it wasn't real. And again, like the racism thing, I mean, yeah, like people who have never experienced, let's stick with Christmas. If you grew up with a shitty Christmas a lot or didn't get gifts for many years in a row, to you, it's like, man, like, Christmas isn't all it's cracked up to be. But if you, like me, got a lot of what you wanted, you're like, man, Christmas is great. Which is why I kind of, you know, did the inverse in my adulthood of Christmas isn't great for everybody. And I shouldn't, I'm not trying to punish myself, but I shouldn't be like, oh, happy-go-lucky, like, Christmas is the best time of year because we're so fucking happy. Like, again, there's multiple Christmases coming up, multiple episodes to cover the different facets of the holidays. Back to script. (laughs) I just think that we should be more realistic about Christmas and get rid of Santa and encourage people to just be kind. So if we fail each other on Christmas, it's not as hard of a blow to children because then it would be business as usual. Um... Yeah, so what I mean by this statement is... Hold on, let me just... Yeah, so what I mean by this is... Right now, we have kids telling kids that Santa is the reason they do or don't get things. when So they're blaming a fake character that they later find out is fake. If we were to just say, you're not getting things because you're being a little shit, you don't deserve it. Or, <laughs> again, don't talk to your kids that way. Or you're getting more things because um, you've been doing a good job or daddy got a bonus. Like, just explaining the reality of things, it makes more sense to them and to everybody when you do and don't get a quote-unquote better gift-giving Christmas. Um, But anyway, I think that's truly the root of the problem with Christmas at large, is why aren't we trying to be kinder to each other every day instead of once a year? Like, I think that's my problem with Santa and holidays in general is how we should be doing these things more often, but we use Christmas as kind of the excuse slash catalyst to just do it on one day or even attempt to do it one month. Um, But anyway, let me zip zip up this topic. I'm running a little long. Uh, Oh, and I just want to shout out to any atheists out there that don't think the parallels between Santa and God as false symbols is lost on me. I'm aware, but again, that's another topic. And as an aside, I believe... Uh, I believe in God. It's just, you know, try to be inclusive to all the atheists out there who don't, you know? I'm not, I'm not trying to force any shit on anybody. But anyway, continuing on to the podcast, let's go off to the diary section. Thank you, everyone, for joining me this show episode. I know it's been late, and I know it's been... Well, for me, it's been crazy, which I'll discuss in a bit. Um, but don't forget to tell your friends and family about the show, share this, uh, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, and SoundCloud. Again, thank you for tuning in, and that will be the end of the show proper, and now it's the segment that I've been calling Oyo Boyo, but I think I'm going to do what I'm doing with the video games, and just make up a random title. And so for this week, month, welcome to What's the Word, Bird? And, um... 
man, I tell you what, guys, <laughs> this month has been fucking crazy. Um, so I was gonna post the episode in like the second week, at the end of the second week, but I ended up getting the flu. So my son and wife, they were sick already uh, with like a cold, but none of them had a fever. And then I got sick, and I don't know why this flu just it hit me real bad with like like a fever and body aches, and I just fucking hurt real bad to where I was just in bed shivering in like a seventy eight degree house or an eighty like it was still warm at this time. It wasn't really like cold outside. Oh well, you know what? I might be lying. I don't remember the fucking weather, <laughs> but. I was just really bad for some reason, and after the first day, I was like, let me just get sleep, and my beautiful family, they let me sleep, and I didn't feel better. I was taking medicine and vitamins and whatever bullshit that people tell you to do, and the second day, I, I called in to work that day. The second day, I was like, I work overnight, so I was like, if I'm not better by like 5 o'clock, then I'm going to call in again, and I just wasn't feeling better, so I ended up going to the clinic uh, or an emergency, I don't know, you know those fucking rooms, like, first med and stuff like that on the side of the road, uh, I went to one that, you know, is within my provider, in my insurance plan, and, uh, yeah, they said I had the flu, and for some reason, you know, there's nothing you can do, I don't know if y'all know this, but when you're sick with a cold and flu, well, it, it depends on if it's bacterial or viral. So bacterial, if you want, you can take antibiotics. But for the most part, when you're sick with colds and flus, viruses specifically, there's really nothing you can do except take pain medicine so you feel less shitty and uh, eat slash take vitamins to give your body the nutrition it needs to fight back the sickness. So, I mean, obviously, all these old wives' tales about rubbing eggs on your body and, you know, chicken soup. Um, those things help, but they're not like, like, it's just one of the, I've heard people say like, don't go out in the rain. Uh, I mean like, don't go out in the cold after you shower or like, you know, don't play in the rain because you'll get sick. Like none of these things inherently will get you sick. What gets you sick is the exposure to bacteria and poor hygiene. I'm not saying that people are dirty, but what I'm saying is like, if you get out of the shower, go out into the cold to get the mail or you, you gotta meet somebody for coffee or some bullshit and it's cold outside and your hair's wet or moist, I mean, you're not gonna get sick. What's gonna get you sick is on the way over there, uh, your car, you got germs, other people have the cold and flu that are touching the coffee table you're sitting at. Like, those kind of things get you sick. But again, whatever. That's old wives tell stuff. Um, but it's still good to do. I, I like the feel of a cold egg on my body. I haven't had that since I was a kid. And for those that don't know, it's just one of those things. I don't know if it's just Hispanic people that do it, but uh, it's part of like getting your fever down. And basically the egg, I think it's supposed to, it's for ojo or some bullshit, but you can do it to like the egg absorbs the heat from your body when you're sick or some stuff like that. But anyway, um, so that was weird. And then the doctor gave me a note to like not come into work for a whole week. And so then I called my boss and was like, hey, I need to get off for a week. And uh, I didn't take the whole week off. I came back in the middle of the week because I got better. But that was good to get, like, rest. And like I'm saying, I was so sick that I just was getting rest. I wasn't texting. I wasn't playing video games. I wish I, I was playing some games. And then as I was getting better, my son started getting sick with the flu. And he got hit real hard one day. And he just always had a fever. I mean, it's weird. If you have kids, you know that, like, these people... These fuckers can get sick, and they're still running 100 miles an hour. So he's got a fever, and there was one day he was, like, out. Like, he just looked drained, and that made me sad. But the other days he had a fever, and he's over here playing with Legos, and he's trying to climb on me and be nasio, and it's like, are you sick? <laughs> like, I felt like shit, so I don't know how he's able to just operate at that level. And then my wife, she's, like, so like I said, I mentioned in the beginning, they both were kind of sick with a cold before I got sick. But because I got sick and then my son got sick, we've kind of just had like the virus lingering and we wouldn't keep the house too cold. Keep your houses cold when you're sick, everybody, especially now with this flu bullshit. Um, the cold is just better. Conduce it keeps your house cleaner because germs can exist in the humid, hot areas. And it helps your body not overheat because if the room's hot and your body's hot, 
overheat, dehydrate, go to the hospital, bad stuff. Um, but yeah, and so, and then anyway, so we were sick and now my wife, she's just kind of been like consistently sick with like mucus and phlegm and all that delicious stuff. And then between all of this, even while I was sick, we're searching for a house still. I don't know if I mentioned that in the last podcast or not. I should double check what I've talked about when a break like this happens. But that's a pain in the ass because we have to, the way our work schedule is, we have to look at houses after work, after a regular day day job, like at four or five. And because we see like one or two now in the fall or whatever, it gets dark really fast. So then we're seeing houses in the dark and then we're like, okay, bye. But since it's late, I don't have time to cook because uh, I got to go to sleep early because I work overnight. We're eating out and I just feel like I'm gaining weight. We're all, I can't speak for all of us gaining weight. It's just my bad choices. You know, like we're eating out a lot and not dinner stuff like fast food because we just want to grab shit, eat, shower and go to sleep because we're fucking tired. I mean, the, we're operating all the time like everybody is, you know, you just operate and exist and you got your kids and your two jobs, not two jobs, but, you know, life is just, you know, a busy thing. And so I just this searching for house stuff gets you fat. All right. Unless you have the time in the world and can cook and, like, whatever. But then the, the actual process of buying a house slash putting an offer on a house, I'll tell you what. If you ha- haven't bought a house yet or aren't looking for one, uh, I highly recommend you do do it when and if you have the money. Um, but I, I just also do your research and get a realtor because you can ask them questions that will ease the process. I mean, yeah, you could buy a house on your own, but if you ever have a question for something, you got to just trust the internet, and realtors just make it, like, easier, you know? But anyway, uh, once you put an offer on a house or whatever, like, basically, you're saying, I want to buy this house, you have to give them option money, which is $100, and then you have to give them earnest money, which is 1% of the value of the house, to, like, show that you're serious, and then you enter a period of 10 days where you can say, no, nah, I don't want this house, or yes, I still want it. But during these 10 days, um, there's something called a closing date, which is basically like the final day. So you have 10 days of option, and then probably another 10 or 11 days for paperwork and shit to be done with title companies, loan companies, escrow bullshit. Like, There's a lot of paperwork so that when you're in option in the 10 days, like waiting or doing an inspection on the house to make sure it's good. Um, people like lenders and other people are just coming at you like, hey, we need you to sign this or else we're not going to make the closing date. And that messes up the contract, blah, blah, blah. So they like want you to sign papers and fax things and do that. And then they want me to use checks. I don't know who the fuck uses checks anymore. Not this guy. So I have to go to my bank and get temporary checks, which is just a sheet of like three or four checks. And... I've, we made offers on like three different houses already, so I, I keep having to go back and get these stupid fucking checks, and you know they take money out, and then it's like, oh, I don't want the house anymore, and they're supposed to mail me the checks, they're not doing it, so I gotta pick them up. Like it's just a whole rigmarole of bullshit. Like I tell you what, like I, it depends on who you are, but I, buying a house is like getting married or having a wedding specifically. Getting married's great, having a wedding's not great. But um, there's a lot of planning for, like, just one day, and not, to me, not a lot of, like, payoff. But a house is different because you're going to theoretically live there for a long time. So I think the payoff's pretty good. It's just a pain in the ass. But it's also a large purchase that you can't, nobody can afford with cash. So that's why it's, there's all these paperwork. And then, you know, when I originally was going to post this Monster Hunter for the Xbox One, PS4, and later PC wasn't going to be out yet. It came out, and that game is just, oh, it's got me on another fucking level with how excited I am with it. Um, but again, <laughs> uh, since I'm busy and sick and other bullshit, um, I just haven't had time to play a lot of it. Like, the game came out, um, like, four days ago, and I'm still, so the game is divided into, like, you basically hunt monsters in this game. And after you kill the monster, you can carve parts from it and use the parts to make armor and weapons. I, I did a video that I might have to, uh, a podcast before about what Monster Hunter is. It was a little, not a little, it was pretty dry and pretty boring. But the long and short of it is, you kind of just keep doing that. 
you get you make armor to raise your defense and attack you fight a monster fight a monster and then when you get to a monster that you can't beat then you grind other monsters to make better armor and weapons and then you'll be able to beat that monster and just keep going it's just a ladder of boss fights that you work your way through but it's really fun but anyway the game is divided into low rank which are like beginner slash easy fights um high and high rank and then after high rank there's usually something called g rank which is really fucking hard and from what i hear they don't have a g rank but they have these things called tempered monsters so in this game it's low rank high rank tempered monsters and elder dragons at the very top and from what i hear again uh all this from what i hear because i haven't beaten the game but they say that the game campaign like the single player the store to beat the game takes about 30 to 50 hours or 30 to 70 hours depending on your skill level and then of course you just keep grinding afterwards um i'm still in low rank and so if i have 30 hours to go if the game let's let's go in the middle if the game is 50 hours long and i'm only 30 percent i'm still in the first third of the game then i still have like another like 30 hours like yeah 30 35 hours to go in order to beat this game and so it's one of those things like with me chipping away like one two hours a day on monday wednesday fridays uh maybe like 20 minutes here and there it's gonna take me a while like but i'm excited i'll talk more about this later even though i think i already talked about it uh i think that's all yeah i'll talk more about it in another episode um but again uh i'm gonna go ahead and close this segment i want to thank everybody for tuning in if you watched this heard this episode and for being patient with me if you were like man what the fuck when is this guy gonna post um and again just thank you in general for listening uh for taking the time to listen i really appreciate it and i will be doing a quick turnaround to get the next episode out quicker than last time and hopefully don't get sick or a car crash or some other bad shit and i will see you guys and gals next month talk to you later bye